Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your host, Judy Gold. This week, we have part two of my discussion, my interview, my love fest with Sharon Gless. And I hope you enjoyed part one. You have to get her book. This this woman's life is incredible, and it's just full of. I can't do the accolades. That the, the stories are just fascinating, and who she is is fascinating. And I just loved it. I'm, I hope you enjoy. It was such an honor for me. Sit back. I always say that, but I mean it. I want you to sit back and relax. And you know, if you're on the treadmill, the bike, whatever you're doing, enjoy. You had many jobs. You were a, a sold aluminum siding. You were a switchboard operator. You worked at a bank. You worked at uh, two ad agencies, Young and Rubicam and Gray Advertising. You were a script co- girl. Script supervisor, alu- right. 
the aluminum siding story, can you please tell it? And it was Johnny Carson's like favorite story. Yes. I didn't know that he loved aluminum siding stories, but you know, they do those previews before you do the talk show. And yeah, they do a pre-interview. Yeah. Right? And I, I mentioned the aluminum siding. Like, oh God, you got to tell the story. Well, when my, when I got there to the Y, I knew I needed to get a job. So my mother told me to get a paper and look for the want ads. So I did. And this ad said, want to make big money? I said, yeah, I do. So I got dressed up. And the only suit I had packed was this pink linen suit with a white linen collar. And I had my hair back in a ponytail with a pink ribbon. And I went down and I got on a bus and I went way downtown in the bowels of Seattle to this aluminum siding um, factory. And I walked in and this guy, it was a dump. Guy said, yes, can I help you? I said, yes, I'm applying for the job in the paper. And um, he said, stay right here. Don't move. I said, okay. And I heard him go around this tin wall. And I heard him say, you guys aren't going to believe what's out here. So I'm applying for the job in her pink linen suit and i got hired that day and i went out with him i tried to sell aluminum siding i didn't know what the fuck aluminum siding was <laughs> i had to, i tried to sell it to a brick house and that's real. that's the most hilarious <laughs> i know you would knock on the doors and then and and oh, uh, yeah these poor women it was in the boeing aircraft center these it was like it, it was like an a movie there'd be these moms with the baby at well, the leg and one in the arm and an iron and i'd say i'm sorry would you be interested in buying a little siding for your house because i was taught to be very polite right and they, i love and how you start with i'm sorry you're trying oh, to yeah. sell something and you're I'm like sorry, I'm sorry. You. yeah i'm sorry to bother you would you be interested in buying aluminum siding for your house please go away they'd say say i'm sorry i took up your time absolutely I go back to the car and he did it in another house. And as I went to one of the houses, he started honking. And I waved to him. Yeah, okay. He said, honking again. Come back here. And I went back to the car and I said, what is it? He said, it's a brick house. <laughs> I said, so? <laughs> he said, you don't put a loop inside on brick house. It's so funny. Uh, yeah. It's hilarious. Um, you're doing all these jobs yeah. and I wanted my own money. Judy. Right. Yeah. You realized how that independence was being able to support yourself. And I exactly. think, and the I fact, didn't have to dance anymore. I didn't have to. Right. And was it in the back of your head all the time, knowing that your mother didn't do that or couldn't do that? Um, and that's why she was, making you i mean did, did did you realize that later on that because your mother knew what it was like to be dependent she didn't want you to have that life i don't really think that was it she saw how unhappy i was i just right. couldn't stay in this little town and i was selling i, I was working in, yeah. in, in a i'd th been thrown out of college you know so there was that i shame. just can't believe that you get thrown out of this you get you get in all this trouble like, did you feel guilty? Like, my mother would have made me feel like, like, you, oh, you God, will have awful. no, nothing. You will have nothing. You will <laughs> my, never succeed. You, you ruined your life. Like, everything would have been that. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, my grandmother used to fly me up to college on a plane, you know. When I got suspended, she uh, sent me a a one-way bus ticket on a Greyhound bus to 48 hours to get home. And I had been to a fair with this bow, and he'd won me this huge uh, bear, the Gonzaga Bears. And um, I sat with this enormous bear next to me, so nobody sat next to me in the Greyhound bus Two days I traveled. When I <laughs> You're lucky. Oh my God. When I got off the bus, my mother said, You need to call your grandmother soon as you get home. Uh-huh. I called her and my grandmother said, Well, I might as well flush that money down the toilet. <laughs> and I said, I'm, you know, I, I just, I, I, I'm when, not complaining. It was right, my right. fault. When your mother yes. said, You have to call your grandmother, would you get like a, uh oh, like stomach ache? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh okay. Getting into you becoming an actress, so or actor, we're not allowed to say actress anymore. I say um, actress, it says actress on my Emmys. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> fuckhead. You drove your grant, your you, you were gonna, you were asked to drive your grandfather's car to Scottsdale, right? <laughs> this is just it. like you're like Calamity Sharon. Um, Shit. so you're driving this car. Well, I'd broken off an engagement. Right. I was working for an independent film company that folded with my back salary. And I just broken off a wedding engagement. And um, my grandfather, I think, I don't know. He had a new wife. My grandmother had died. And now Catholics are going to remarry after the wives. So um, even though they were separated, you know, that whole thing. so he had a, this young a wife, and I think, I think there was something planned because I was such a mess, Judy. Everything was turning shit. And my grandfather said, I need the station wagon. Go over to the Beverly Hills house, give me the station wagon, and drive it to Scottsdale. Okay, something to do. And she said, then you stay and you hang out with Mary for a couple of weeks. I said, all right, Grandpa. Well, I totaled the car on the way. <laughs> Rear-ended some guy. You know... Just when I drove up to his house, came out the front door and saw the car. And it was like a a bad movie with the steam coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Noise and burst out laughing. And um, that night, um, is this, should I tell the story about how? Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. Because it was that night that changed my life. Right. Bringing the station wagon was totaled. And Mary, my grand, my grandfather always took us to dinner in Scottsdale, always. But that night, for some reason, he went to bed early. And Mary and I sat up in solarium, and she opened up a bottle of champagne. I'm 26 years old. And about halfway through the bottle, she says, Sharon, you're 26 years old, and you have nothing to show for your life. Gee, hi, that's nice. What do you want to do? I don't remember, Judy, anybody asking me what I wanted to do. And she said, just say it. Just say it. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter if it makes any sense. It doesn't matter if it could ever right. happen. Just say it. Put it out there. And and this 26 at that time is like, oh, it was you old. know, 40 now. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I said, I want to be an actress. Said, now, was so that right. the first time you had... First time I said it out loud. Did you have like an out of body, like I'm saying? No, 
No, um, I said it sort of cringing. Yeah, know? yeah, like, oh, my but God, I'm ashamed. She, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be an actress. She said, so why don't you do it? I said, Mary, I'm 26 years old. You know, I mean, I'm a little old starting that business. She said, well, Sharon, I was under contract to MGM when I was your age. Wow. I said, you were? She said, yes, I was. I wasn't very good, and I only lasted a year. She said, why don't you do it? And I said, well, Grandpa, being in the industry like he was, said it was a filthy business and to stay out of it. And he never wanted a conversation about me entering that field. So that dream I had when I was younger was just put away. And I said, so please don't say anything to Grandpa Mary. She said, I won't. Next morning I got up and morning, good morning. She said, your grandfather would like to speak. Oh, man. Are you getting so, another stomach ache? Yeah. So I right. go into his room and he's, you know, holding court in bed. He wasn't ill. He just. Right. Said, you know. And he said, that's ridiculous. I said, Grandpa, I asked Mary not to say anything to you. I knew that would be your reaction. He said, I mean, it's ridiculous. You think I try to stop you? He said, so what are you going to do about it? I said, I want to go to acting school. He said, good. How are you going to pay for that? I said, well, I, I'm the secretary. I'll get a job. He said, how much is your acting school? And my cousin was an actress. And she was on Ironside. And um, I knew that the classes were three, $350 for three right. months. And uh, he said, okay, you've got $150. Now what? Well, Judy. $150 then to me was a million. Right. I had nothing. And he said, uh, so then now what are you going to do? What are you going to do while you wait for this to happen? I said, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to audition for my acting class and I'm going to get a job. He said, fine, you want to go home? And Judy, I had said I was coming to visit for two weeks. Right. I'd only been there a night. But my grandfather raced, raced thoroughbreds. He was a thoroughbred breeder. And racer, and he knew when a filly was ready to run. Right. There was something that happened in that bedroom. And he said, uh, I said, Grandpa, no, of course, I'm staying for two weeks to visit with you and Mary. He said, do you want to go home? I'm asking you for the second time. Got $150. Do you want to go home and start this dream? And I took all, all, the, all the nerve I had, and I said, yes. He said, good, have Mary get you a ticket. And that night, I say this in my book, I'm flying out of the desert, now about to land in Los Angeles, which was my home. Right. And I knew I wasn't, I didn't have a great face or great body or anything, but I knew I wouldn't fail. I knew I was going to make it. I was looking out over the city. Yeah, that's such a, I love that. Where you and look out the windows of the look out the window and, and there see I it over Los Angeles, and this is where magic happens. Yes, you see it differently for the first time in your I life. I did, I did, and I I knew I wouldn't fail. Just something I had an epiphany. Oh, something came into my heart in my and you were mind. free. I was free. I had my hundred and fifty dollars. I had approval, and now I just had to go make my my fortune, and. A year later, I was under contract to the biggest I, studio in the world. You know, you, you got a job that you had Thursdays off. Um, I got Thursday. Well, Thursday you know, afternoon. When, when, yeah. Yeah. When you, when, you, when you admit to a dream, 
Yeah. Saying you want it. I think in your whole heart, in your soul, everybody, I think all those unseen beings that are all come in. I got home, my phone's ringing. And it's a man saying, Sharon, this is Arthur Marks. He was a producer I'd worked for. Uh, and Jill. he said, I'm starting a new company. And he said, you, you're the best production assistant I've ever seen. I want you to come and work for me. I said, I can't, Mr. Marks. He said, why not? I said, you'll laugh if I tell you. He said, go ahead. I said, I'm going to be an actress. He said, I'm not laughing. So what are you going to do until that happens? I said, well, I have to get a job because my acting class is on Thursday, so I have to get a night job. He said, you've got Thursdays off, and I'm paying you for it also. And in one year. It's it's amazing. It took one year. Hey, everyone. Did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. Monique James, um, who you speak about, I mean, she really was, she was your biggest She was supporter, everything. She fan. was everything. I, we never do this alone. Nobody does this alone. Right. And she signed me to Universal. I auditioned for it. I'd done a play. And she was so scary. Many- but she, you know, when you first uh, describe her and she says, come do this, you know, monologue. And then you change the words, the wording. I did. I rewrote it. I yeah. think nobody's ever seen it. It was only done in London. Right. So you change Damn. the words. I changed the words. such a Sharon thing to do. <laughs> they had they had just seen it a month ago. Well, she hadn't, but her partner. The, 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 the partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been in London seeing it with Billy Whitelaw. Right. 
And when I finished, Eleanor Kilgallen, her partner, got up and said, I saw it in London last month. Thank you. I went, oh, and you're God, like, fuck. You yeah. Just totally changed everything. And um, that day, I went back to uh, my office where I was the secretary. And my boss said, Monique James just called. She wants you to come back tonight. I went back and she said, we'd like to offer you a seven-year contract. I mean, it's crazy. I know. I know. First of all, that's you how get, it started. And you got on Marcus Welby, MD. I mean, like all these shows that I watched as a kid, I can't, the stories are fucking, you got, everyone has to get this book. You start on Marcus Welby, MD. Well, Marcus um, Welby had a deal with Money James. Right. Any new contract player had to do new yeah. ones like me. I didn't even have a Screen Actors Field card. Right. No, you have to have a card and all that. Marcus Welby gave me a job so I could get my Screen Actors Field card. I love that. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you talk about um, Wayne, Ro the Wayne Rogers story to mm. me was so depressing because I loved him on MASH. Mm. And there's a story about him in the book. And it's like, you, it's just, it's so sad when these people in this horrible business, which granted people are treated like shit in show business, but you know, you can tell that you are so thankful. You're nice to everyone. You know, like what a fucking asshole, like your ego, you can't have an ego like that. He, I don't well, know. I think Wayne, God rest his soul. Um, he, I was thrust on him. Right. Uh, he had Lynn Redgrave fired. Yeah, right. She, that she whole. She wanted to make what he made and wanted to nurse her baby on the set. Right. So, and, yeah. So he had a TV series and she was playing his other she half. She was the co-star. She was yeah. building over the title. Right. And he was pissed. And, and they'd she, been in it three years together and she wanted to make. And he had her fired. Yeah, he had her fired because uh, she wanted to breastfeed her kid, uh, you know, and bring her kid yeah, to the set. On the set. And then, you know, you take her part. And, you know, you you talk about a series of, uh, oh, this one got fired. Uh, let's call Sharon Glass. This one, you know. Uh, the troubleshooting. Yeah, you. And so, and this had happened so many times. But this particular one, the story about Lynn Redgrave, who you took her part and then the show was canceled. Prob because of Wayne, essentially, and his demands and, you know, just well, the, the numbers just weren't as good. They you know, weren't I mean, good. It could have been my fault. But uh, anyway, they canceled it after a year. And you decide, all right, I'm going to have a party for everyone. They're so lovely. I did. And you don't invite Wayne. No. But you do invite the I person. I thought it would be a classy thing if I invited Lynn Redgrave. They adored her. They missed right. her. You know? And uh, so I called her and invited her. I said, I'm just having a little party, my little house on the freeway. And uh, the cast is coming and, you know, wondered if you would come and join us. Everybody misses you. And she's classier than I am. She accepted. She said, you want to do something fun? I said, sure. Lynn Redgrave. She said, you want to stage a fight? <laughs> I said, funny. Sure. Lynn Redgrave. So when her car pulled up, I could see through the window. She had arrived, and I told everybody at the party. It was properly stoned by then. Um, somebody's here. Let me go check it out. And she said, you know, I went out and met her. And she said, Redgrave, hi. And uh, she said, I said, hi, Lynn Redgrave. She said, hi, Sharon Glass. And she said, 
you ready? I said, sure. And we started this fight. She said, you had a party and invite everybody and not me. I said, why would I invite you? She said, that was my part. I said, your part. I said, you can't act for shit. <laughs> I said that to a red. Oh my God. It's, and it goes yeah. on and on. It goes on and on and on. Fuck you, fuck me. Yeah. And, um, and everyone up, in the party silent. Oh, they're just, they're stunned. And, and I you slammed slam the door. The door. <laughs> and I turned to the guests and I said, what a loser. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And they then you just, started laughing. I mean, I love well, that. Well, they, they were stunned. So I went and said, get in here. By the time Cagney and Lacey, and Cagney and Lacey had its own s- stuff going on. It, there was another actor who, or actress who was um, Cagney. And you again, it was going to be, okay, we want her. It was another fill-in or someone's getting right. fired. And you were like, no, no, no. And you really resisted. You know, I didn't want to play it. I was offered Cagney and Lacey um, before, first, but yeah. I was I, I had just done a pilot where I played a cop and it didn't sell. And I said, I don't want to be back on a rod. Right. So I said no. And then it was offered to me. And so they got. Um, oh, gosh, the girl from MASH. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sweat. Loretta Sweat. Loretta Sweat. So yeah. Loretta came in and played it for the movie. And then it sold. So Loretta had to go back to MASH. So Barney came again to ask me if I'd play it. And I was replacing Lynn Redgrave, so I wasn't available. Right. So then, uh, well, anyway, Kagan this got it, canceled again. And he approached me a third time. And finally, I wised up. Um, they wanted to replace, they, they wanted to replace, uh, I hate to tell the story because Meg Foster is such a wonderful yeah. actress. But um, they were too similar. Yeah, they said that you said that in the book that 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 her and Tyne's character, they they were too similar. But you also tell the story about Michael Douglas. You're doing this nude scene with Michael Douglas and your boobs are sticking to him, which is fucking hilarious. (laughs) And he Uh, you and you ask him, you're like, I'm not going to do Cagney and Lacey because I'm I'm a movie. I want to be a movie star. I did. I said, I always want to be in pictures. And now here I am in your feature. And I'm supposed to start this show called Cagney and Lacey in a week. What do you think I should do? And he said, have you ever heard of the streets of San Francisco? I said, sure. He said, enough said. And that was it. You and your big changed my life. Yeah. Your love for Tyne and respect for Tyne Daly is so apparent in the book. You talk a lot about developing that character of... And and how... I mean, it's, it's really important, I think, that younger women read this book and also the fact that you felt such a responsibility that here are two women, two completely different women who are starring in a show. They're, they're both, I I get, you know, they're independent. You're, you're more, you know, you're more of the free spirit of uh, my life. My life was free. Right. She was married to babies. Right. And you, the way you develop and the fact that it's the way you talk about what the not a, it wasn't a burden, but you felt a responsibility to make sure that that she was portrayed. As you know, it was a positive portrayal and the fact that Barney was so. He didn't make you wear. I mean, I love that. It would really I can't like 
I don't think you know. I mean, I remember that show and I would not miss that show. I was, you know, in my 20s and early 20s and it Your was- baby. It was a big part of my life. And I can't tell you, it was so, I am woman, hear me roar. It meant so much to me, that show. You're, we didn't realize, I don't think we realized the impact we were having. Oh, it was, it was huge. I mean, it also made me think, wow, you know, and that's what you wanted. I, there could be a show with starring two women that's hugely successful, even though they wanted to cancel it. And b- brilliant Barney decides, Can't you know, you're getting all this fan mail. Let's send it, send it to the newspapers. And they he did. He, he told the people who had written him, he said, thank you. He wrote a form letter. He called time. He called me saying, did you guys get any mail? Yeah. He said, well, I'm sending a driver over. I, I, may I have it? And he said, sure. And he wrote, a, a, it had to be a form letter because of so many people. Right. But he wrote each one of them. He had it mailed to each one of them saying, Write your affiliate station and write your local newspaper because you do have a voice. Right. By God, everybody did it. And all the mail started pouring into CBS. And And, and CBS said we made a mistake. Yeah, there was a lot of complaint. I mean, it and the way you talk about the character and the there's just so many details about the you know, you drank out of a styrofoam, you drank your coffee out of a styrofoam cup and and uh, Mary Stein, Beth Stein chose to. Yeah, Mary she, Beth she had, she had, a, had a, a mug because she's married with kids, and just all the decision, every detail. I have to say thank you to you because. Oh my God! Thank it, you. It, it had. It was whatever you put in. It showed, and it had. I think it had an, a profound impact on people. You know, who I had. Wanted- I had to start. I had to start. Um, watching time more carefully because I could see the similarities between Megan and time. Right. And you and didn't so want I, that. No. So I deliberately just made physical choices just to start some sort of a, whenever time would fold her arms, I put my hands in my pocket. Right. It was an attitude anyway that I enjoyed. And we just started with stuff like that. I, I think I see it in my book, but then time daily, I'll tell you how generous she was. I knew I was getting the feel of Cagney. And yeah. I knew Cagney was reckless. Um, she was a great cop, but she was reckless. And I went to Tyne and I said, Tyne, I need to ask you a favor. I said, what is it? I said, may I enter first when we're running? May I enter the door first? Not every time, but most of the time. She said, well, for obvious reasons, I don't like that. I said, I don't blame you. But I think that's who this woman is. And I think you're a, a, a more cautious cop. You have children. And, and Cagney's just balls out, you know. Right. She, um, you got nothing and, to lose. No. And uh, Tyne said, you ask that of me, I'll say yes. It, I mean, it was huge. I huge. mean, that's so generous. Oh, yeah. To balls to ask it, I'll tell you. Right, I know. But it was very, very generous of her. And she said, for obvious reasons, I don't like it. But we got to make this show work. And you sure did. And she won three times. And then you finally won. Your God bless her. Yeah. Your acceptance speech at the Emmys, um, because she (laughs) won three times. and you Three in a row. Yeah. 
you finally won and you kind of had a feeling you were going to win. I remember exactly what I said. You want me to repeat it? Yes. All right. I I remember. I I just remember. First of all, she'd won three times in a row. And um, I got the Emmy and I remember I went to the mic and I said, I would like to thank my partner, Tyne Daly, who I am sure is the most relieved woman sitting in this room tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And Tyne told me she was going to say if she wanted a fourth time, she was going to say, I I want to apologize to everyone I've ever met. Brilliant. Um, you all, I mean, and then I won it, then I won it again the next year. And she and I both thought I'd win the third. Yeah. Time won the first three, then I won the next two. We thought then the next year I'd win. So we each tied. Right. And I didn't, it went back to time. Right. But, um, the nice thing is that the six years we were on the air, no other woman ever won on the end. Yeah. That's amazing. That's time or me. And and I'm not saying it's because we're so brilliant. We were given the material. Nobody was writing for women. Right. There was one actress who I ran into at a Golden Globe thing after Cagney's been canceled. And um, I was there that evening and she came up to me. She said, I'm so glad you guys are canceled. <laughs> That's hilarious. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You talk about that you rehearsed together. You worked on your relationship. You know, you rehearsed with Tyne after, like at four in the morning when you were done with, because- Every night. Yeah. We shot sometimes 18 hours a day. Yes. And you'd go into your trailer. And everybody was gone. Then she and I would meet and rehearse the next Yeah. You also talk about the love story of you and Barney is- it's so beautiful. It is. Well, it depends on where you're sitting. I know. But, um, but you know, you can't help who you fall in love with. No. No. But you've had yeah, some it was, really... It was, it was rough. It was, yeah, it was I'm sad. sure it, it was sad and rough and horrible. But, but it's been, we're, we're married 30 years now. Right. So it was meant to, it was beshared, meant to be. And um, (laughs) you went on to do Queer as Folk, where you played the mother that every every LGBTQ person wished they had, uh, an accepting, loving mother. Um, Well, she was a little outrageous. She was crazy. When people say, oh, God, I wish my mom were like you. Really? Well, just because they wanted the love. They wanted to be accepted. Um, you know I met you. Hard, I used. You know who I used to play that role? Who? My mother. No. Oh, wow. I, played, I used my mother. Now, my mother. I swear to God, I used my mother's heart. The character. Right. Right. Totally unlike my mother. Right. 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 But I used my mother's heart because I remember what it was like being loved by her, and I used that to, to love my boy. 
I know this is really a ridiculous question, but if you do you think your mother would have accepted you if you were a lesbo? Um, I think it would have been hard on her. But she time. never would have been that type that's like, don't ever talk no, to me. No, she again. never yeah. would have uh, disowned me or no. Yeah, I agree. I mean, not that I know your mother, but we knew your mother. Um, you, I met you on the Rosie Cruise for, I think, the first I time. Yeah. And I, of course, starstruck. And Please. you, I mean, you're this, first of all, you're an icon on so many levels because, I mean, your body of work is unbelievable. But you've also sort of a gay icon and you're not gay you know it's just i know it's and when it's i so- used to give interviews on cagney and lacy the press said of course you're gay and i said no i'm festive um but i said <laughs> no i'm not and they nobody believed me. i didn't care that was that was my audience on cagney right lacy. god bless them but so many other people would have been defensive and oh no but you were always there when it wasn't cool to be there. You're like you were never and it was it's as a lezzy. Hmm. Um you know, uh, just having people like you uh before it was cool, you know, and hip to be a, a friend of the LGBT community, it meant a lot. And well, thank you. You um the lesbian audience was a big one of the main reasons for the success of Cagney and Lacey. Right. They loved Chris Cagney. The right. men used to write Tyne. Right. And the women would write me. Yeah. And um Well, then, you got that right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was lucky enough to get Queer as Folk, which I went after. The love in this book, the love stories in this book are so I mean, they're great. I might even have to kiss Elisa after um, this <laughs> because there's so much love in here and passion and also, you know, dealing with your alcoholism and the fact that you grew up. I mean, we didn't talk earlier about that. Your grandmother drank like everyone drank. There was a lot of drinking. Yeah, but they were they were problem drinkers. My mom, I think. Right. Well, being a Jew, she was, she was my mother. Just sipped all day long, right? Uh, and as Jew, we just eat. That's all we do. We can't, you know, we can't function on the alcohol, so we just fucking think about food twenty four hours a day. But, um, you know, but it's. I mean, there's, you know, Hector, and I, there's just so many beautiful stories in this book, and and the story of, you know, your doctor thank you. saying. You know, you better quit drinking, you know. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, what, I, I opened the book with it. Um, yeah, that's the first thing you talk about. It's, 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 it, it, if, you ever, if you ever have another drink again, don't call me. Again. I don't do suicide. Right. Jeez. That, you know, okay. you've had some divine intervention. Yeah, I thought it was a little harsh. But. Um, so I, 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 I quit. I mean, it's the second time I quit. Right. I mean, there's one photo in there and you say you're holding a bottle and you're like, oh, I recognize that face because that was my. um, I first before I know we have to go, but I have to say I always ask my podcast guests two questions. 
So I'm going to ask you my two questions, but I also want to say- the best interviewer. May I say that before you- No. You're the best, just the best. Thank you. I love you. I just- I love you too. I just love you and I love everything you've accomplished. And, you know, that whole, you know, you're talking about your husky voice and your body and, you know, I'm- I'm a jug. I'm six two, and I'm, you know, the inside doesn't match the outside a lot of the time, and I just and you've been you've been I've been a huge fan of yours for so I love you so much. So thank and I you. of yours. I interrupted oh. you. You wanted to ask me something, and I interrupted. Well, no, I will, and I'm telling you, you're. I'm writing a uh, original series, and you're going to be on it. Yay! I've been I've been writing and writing, and I I'm done, and you know you. Just the way you say, if you just put it out, if you just accept it and put it out and admit it, it'll happen. You know, like, and you're right. You got to fucking tone those stupid voices down in your head. Um, Okay. These are my two questions. We're very pro mental health on my podcast. So what do you, we always talk, ask what you do for your mental health. I'll try and fit in. You know, I'm on antidepressants. I take my antidepressants. Yes. What I do you want? I take my antidepressant every morning. I can't remember. I have to go look it up. Oh, all right. It's fine. Do you want me to go get it? No, you don't have to get it. I'm on Paxil and I take Trazodone. No, it's not Paxil. It, it begins with an M? Mal- oh, Metformin, no. Metformin would it be? Metformin is, is for diabetes. Oh, then uh, de- de- <laughs> uh, de- it starts with D. Starts with de- a D. Whatever. We're just happy you're on antidepressants. I'm on that one too. You're on that one too? Desvenylfaxolin or something? No, it's not that difficult a word. Oh, no. Elisa only speaks in the um, scientific name of the drug. It is the most (laughs) fucking annoying thing in the entire world. I'm not kidding. She has to say the entire whatever chemical makeup it is of the fucking drug. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Aspirin. I'm like, you're an asshole. Okay. Um, all right. So you yes, do, uh, so antidepressants, um, every morning, me, uh, every night for me. Um, and then I call the podcast kill me now because as you know, you've seen my act, I get aggravated over every fucking thing. So I wondered what I pisses you off more than anything in the entire, like makes you so fucking angry. Ageism. Oh Yeah. It's crazy, right? Unkindness. I don't yeah. understand it. Um, so unnecessary. There's always something else you can say besides hurting somebody. You just And uh, it's harder to be nasty. It. it takes more effort to be an asshole than it does yeah. to be nice I to don't, somebody. I don't like um um I don't like uh um accents so much on weight. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I just do. I'm in an age now where I say fuck them. But it was such, it, it's so much pressure on women. Right. Besides, unkindness, uh, yeah. making, making fun of people who are ageism. Ageism is the, you know, it's really, I, I'm so I'm glad so- you said that because, like, as a comedian, you get funnier as you get older because older. you don't care anymore. And you have so much life experience and there's nothing you can say to me that I haven't heard. And yet they, now you're, you're old, Sharon. I, I want everyone to buy your book. I want every woman, every woman 
uh, in show business to read this book. And you are such a good storyteller. And Elisa said, That's how I got that book. Yeah, you're such a great storyteller. And Elisa said, How does she remember everything? That's what she said to me. How does she remember everything? I, I don't think you can't forget that shit. I know. Just can't forget it. You don't. It's not like I went someplace to research it. It's right. all in my soul. Right. Exactly. It's in her soul, Elisa. Yeah. Her voice is great on the audio. Yeah, yeah Elisa. Okay. Yeah, you fucking. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> um, I really want to get together. I, I know that you can't have any martinis anymore, but um, I will have. I would. I know. I know you miss your martinis. I'd love to buy you a martini, though, honey. Yeah, but you do the gin. I do. I like vodka. I can't. I'm not. You know, I'm a Jew. I can't with the. You're a sissy. I know. I know, but I'm a big. real martinis. Are is gin? My mother liked the gin. Yeah, right. but you're I so love the way it made me feel. But you know, the most painful thing I had to do in rehab, they made us do, is write a letter saying goodbye to our best friend, which was the bottle. Do you have your letter? No, I had to turn it in. They, and they, Hazleton has the letter, or I don't know what they did. Do they that read it? Of our assignments. Of course. Oh, yeah. That would be something good to put in, like, a, a bottle that you, you know, that people could find in 200 years. It was like a friend. What else made me feel better than that? Right. You know? But you now, now you have real friends. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And they don't real friends who talk back. I love you so much. I I can't thank you enough. I love, I hope this book's it makes sells a billion copies. You deserve every you're, you're amazing. Thank you. So are you. Thank you so much for listening to part two of kill me now with the one, the only, the incredible, the talented, the I can't even go on Sharon Glass uh, such such an exciting interview for me Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel edited by Colin Schmeling this podcast my life my love my work could not be possible without the help of Brittany Joe Sowards I don't even know what that meant but I meant it if you haven't subscribed go fuck yourself if you haven't given me five stars fuck yourself harder with something with your computer if you haven't purchased my book yes I can say that when they come for the comedians we're all in trouble really come on also please you know check out my website judygold.com it's a really original name j-u-d-y-g-o-l-d dot com unlike my tweetar instagram and tiktok tiktok which are at judygold j-e-w-d-y-g-o-l-d I will be at City Winery in Manhattan, in New York City, this Thursday, March 10th. I will be in New Hope, Pennsylvania, March 12th and 13th, but the 12th is sold out, so, you know, go to the 13th show, because it's going to be really fun. I'm going to be in Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale, on uh, March 26th, so... Check out my website. Check out my Insta, my Insta and my TikTok and my Twitter. 
And um, if you're still listening, I fucking love you. And if you're the one person who listens, I fucking love you. Let me know who you are. Please write to me and tell me you're the one who listens. I also want to say I am thinking about all the people in the Ukraine, all the innocent people. Putin is a fucking piece of shit. And, you know, I just wish, I wish this wasn't going on in this world. I wish we, I just wish people were better. I really do. Please take care of yourselves. Please take care of the planet, the planet, the planet that we all share. It's not fair. I feel bad for my kids and my grandkids that I haven't seen yet. And I don't want to see for a while. Don't get any ideas, kids. But, you know, stay safe. Get boosted if you're not boosted. Wear your fucking mask when you're in the subway in public places. That's it. I, I really, I can't thank you enough for listening. I feel like PBS, this is a listener-supported podcast. The more listeners, the more likely I am to stay on the air, even though we're not on the air, we're on in the air. Uh, we are just a part of the fucking podcast world, but I can't, I thank you, thank you for your love and support. And as we always say, so long!